So are you are you announcing like uh, like we're gonna talk about it mid middle of the episode or are they like the end? Should we announce it today? It's pretty big news. Well, it's just I feel like Icy's not really here, so do it's it's the sixtieth episode, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty big episode, right? Only feels fitting for how shocking of news this is. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of feel like if we started it at the beginning, it would be jarring. Oh, it would sh- really catch people. Sh- shoot, dude, we're we're already live. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago, and just Chicago today, with a little treat. That's what we call a verbal thumbnail. Pew, 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 pew. You just got click-baited, ear-baited into listening to the rest of the episode. We don't have big news today, or do we? Mm, we might. Or do we? We might not. This is an inception, a clickbait inception. That being said, we are going to be talking soccer. We are going to be talking life, games, mind games. We do have something for you. And if you haven't yet, you should throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at footyfellaspod, F-O-O-T-Y, fellaspod. We do have a special interview today with Inter MPLSFC, one of the, the newest teams in the United Premier Soccer League. So a fun tidbit on a team in a lower league talking about what that's like, their season coming up, and getting you back in the spirit, the mood for potentially pickup soccer, mm-hmm. or the season coming up in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's down the road, though. Summer soccer is what we'd really be getting excited about. We might be, we might be playing again sometime soon. I think so. I was literally I was walking back, saw some people playing some kickabout, some kick a foot, I believe is what they call it, the youths, and I was thinking to myself, hey, if summer leagues are, uh, you know, they're finishing up the spring leagues, got the summer leagues coming up, I think I'm gonna have to throw my hat in the ring. I think I'm gonna have to go try them out. The world's opening up, and so are my hamstrings. We've already talked about the fact that we both are gonna be pretty out of shape for Very. a full eleven aside ninety minute game. Very. Very. I feel like um, I feel like I'm gonna. I, I've got like four good sprints in me before I'm pretty gassed for the season. For the, probably the whole season. Yeah, for the entire season. Space it out between what eight matches or something. Every other match, I'll have a sprint. Otherwise, Jones, big game today. Yeah, could be time to use one of them. Right. Right. Huh? You teammates are all. Yeah, teammates know what's up. It's a you've, fantasy. You've given them it's the, a little, the it's facts. One those, it's one of your little your um, chips. Yeah, exactly. It's a little booster. Hit the turbo. But it's just you getting back on defense one time yeah. every yeah. other game. The ball's basically. on the other side of the field. I just felt like, oh, turbo. Yeah. But the thing is, everybody sees it. It's like it's one of those. It's wow. like playing a game online. I have this big spotlight that shows up on me, and I, zoom, I get back. That's more epic then. Having that happen four times is all of a sudden exciting. It's kind of a really big deal. Yeah. That's the big. That could be the big news. That could be. Or is oh, it? Oh, but it's. You might, don't. You won't. You, you're gonna have to stick around and find out. Yeah. Are you? Uh, are you ready to? Uh, you went on a run this morning. Do you, are you feeling? Did that wake you up? Are you ready to play? You ready to kick? You ready to scream? Kick and scream? I feel good. After that run, I feel good. But every other day that I haven't run in the past couple weeks, I would have told you I'm not ready. Yeah. But I felt ready after the run today. And did the allergies have any effect? Does that does that hurt or slow you down when you're... People who aren't living in with us 24-7 don't know that Eli's been going through some 
seasonal stuff. Yeah. He's figuring it out. Is it affecting your play at all? Is it affecting your running? It's affecting my sleep cycle. Hmm. And for all you knowledgeable youths and adults out there that play soccer and follow nutrition advice, just general health and wellness, you'd know that sleep is a, plays an important role, an integral role, mm-hmm. one could argue, critical in your soccer game time abilities. Totally. So you should be getting a, a good amount of sleep. You should be putting the right stuff in your body. And the fact that the allergies have impacted my sleep probably would mess with my game. Do you think there's also a psychological aspect where you're you're taking note of the fact that you did not have a good sleep and that is also compounding it? Like it's not simply that you are not getting as much sleep, but also you're thinking to yourself, oh, I didn't get sleep. Therefore, I am now even more tired than I think I am. I think if anything, it would be a positive, not the sleep part, but because you're sniffling on the field, no one wants to be around that, ah. especially in this day and age. Right. Even if I could say, look, it's allergies. You know, we are not playing this season and in past seasons because of COVID to stay safe, to stay healthy. Um but even if I tell people that, of course, that's going to be on their mind. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sniffling like a fool mm-hmm. throughout the whole game, even if I'm laboring, getting around, I'll probably have more space to uh, wheel and deal. Yep. Fireballs out to the wings, find you. Right. I'll notice you on that one sprint, that right. one time you finally pick up the pace. I'll be flying. And I'll pick you out. I'll, I'll find be, you. I'll be flying. Um, uh, it's interesting. You don't see, I don't see, you don't see people do that a lot they don't see the like professional athletes play the sick card Mm. to keep people away like if you if you put like little um, little packets of like red gel and you just were coughing up blood every once in a while i mean you'd really have your own space just an idea what if i told you that we had little gel packets that we're selling Mm. and that that was the announcement that we are dropping blood gel capsules that are meant to be really disgusting i think we'll see how people react to this and we'll know pretty much right away whether that's a massive idea yeah big seller or right. a flop right well we've invested a lot into it so. i have my guesses i'm not going to say which okay. but i have my guesses okay. that the idea you proposed and right. we decided to go along with because we felt bad saying no <laughs> i have an idea of which it's going to be but yeah. i won't say it on right. air right we'll just talk after you sound like my my mom We'll talk after. So let's not do this in the store. Let's not in front of the Foss. Let's get let's get back in the car. <laughs> I just really wanted. I just really wanted. But mom, <coughs> Max, I know you're trying out your new product. This is embarrassing in the supermarket. You realize why they're kicking us out, right? It's getting everywhere. Mom, you're embarrassing me in front of my <coughs> friends. Yeah, that's you know the capsules are really working though. Right. You test it out in public right. spaces. Exactly. And if they cause an issue, right. they'd work on the field. Right. It's science. Science. Trial and error. Yeah. That's how you figure that out. That's science. So science. We've so far we've covered science and health and wellness. Yes. What could possibly be next? How about a very fun chat with Inter MPLS, the team we mentioned prior, led by our good friend, your good friend, Max Winner. Enjoy. We are happy to be joined by the owners and communications director of Inter Minneapolis FC one of the newest teams in the United Premier Soccer League. Founded in 2017 by a group of soccer players and enthusiasts in college, Inter-Minneapolis FC has jumped to higher and higher levels of competitive soccer. The team aims to unite communities to compete 
and succeed at the highest levels of soccer. And they definitely will be doing that with a roster of players from over 10 countries. Inter-Minneapolis FC, welcome to the pod. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We we are so happy to have you here. Uh, Let's just start from the beginning. So how did the early team come together back in college? What was that like? Yeah, yeah so um, when, I, when uh, I was the president of Normandale back in 2017, and we all wanted to give up the players the opportunity to play beyond college. So we started off, me, Randy, on uh, forming a team. We played in the Spanish leagues first. Um, we really started off from the bottoms. We, you know, we only had like maybe nine players, 10 players at games. So we really started from all there, and then we kind of started building from there. We joined the MRSL, which was really the big success where we – attracted more players and recruited more players. And then we um, went ahead and joined the Goals Cup and the Fall Cup. It was a U, uh, UPSL tournament. So that's where we got a good idea on that we're ready to join the UPSL. <clears throat> so that's kind of where all, we all started. Um, we, also, we all got to start somewhere. So that's where we started. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's quite a success story. So how much of the team how many members of that early team that 2017 team you know those nine guys how many of those nine are are still around today in all sorts of capacities i guess everyone's still part of the, the team wow. and everyone's in, a player anymore i mean a lot of us got cut from the actual squad a lot of our former players are probably on the second team at this point yeah, so, yeah. Like us, yeah. Uh, at the moment yeah five yeah Several years of building, and honestly, we had luckily we've had loyal players that yeah. stuck with us. We're kind of excited because you know we're kind of giving that platform finally that they've been kind of wanting to have. Um, but yeah, no, this this league that we're joining in, it's fairly new. Um, it's like, a, like around like four years old. So um, I know their biggest competitors are as well are NPSL, which I'm pretty sure you guys are aware of uh, here in uh, Minnesota. But uh, at the moment. Um, this is a league that's growing. Um, there are nine other teams that are involved uh, with a lot of history as well. And um, again, it, it's, it's a big community that's coming up through this league and um, we're excited to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely having the dedicated uh, team teammates to start it off is huge. You know, right. you have the foundation, which is really nice. And I, I, I think it's, it's fantastic. I think it really helped the, uh, to put you guys where you are right now. It's, it's great. Absolutely. So, so from uh, very early on, did it start as a fun extracurricular activity? I know AJ, you were saying that, you know, you wanted um, some form of soccer for, for, for guys to, to play, you know, have a, a funnel for away from school. Um, but was it just a kind of an activity like that for everyone to do? Or did, did, did you guys have this long-term vision kind of early on absolutely i think um starting off we had we have a lot of talented players on our team and i think um each year we progressively got better and that's where we 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 realized that we're you know we can take this to the next level each year we kept getting better and better and better and better and now we're here today with um a good roster you know we're heading into the season with i'm i'm really confident with the roster we have um we're going in as underdogs you know but we we like as a new team so I like, we like being the underdogs, you know, we like being the surprise and dark horses, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're looking for. And it did start off as a fun team, but then we started um, getting really more competitive. We brought in a competitive coach, uh, Jason Popkin, 
Um, he won the actually the UPSL league with Laura too. So that we have that experience in our team right now and it's phenomenal. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the coach because I had, I had a question coming up about how did you, how did you find the coach? And yeah, I know he's had, he's had great success um, coaching, coaching at this level before. How did that come about? Yeah. So um, we, we all met up on North. Jason actually went to Normandale. So he was also a student there. Um, so we all met, you know, we'd always play at the Normandale soccer club. And at one summer I was like, you know what, we're going, we're in a UPSL. We're going to have to step it up a notch. We need a better coach. You know, we need a good coach, an experienced coach. And I literally just sent Jason a message and I gave him a call and we all, the four of us here and including Brandon, um, Brandon. a lot of mutual interest, a lot of mutual interest and we sealed the deal. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's nice to have that connection uh, to school. As yeah, a, definitely. A good good foundation to, to build the conversation. That's great. Yeah. T- tell us a little bit more about the UPSL itself and and how it's structured. And you know, is there a national championship that you guys are are fighting for at the end, or um, is is it more you know the states or like the local region will will play? So for UPSL, it's actually they're kind of structured in a way that it's kind of like the English league, where there's like divisions, and obviously um, there's a Oh, what's it called? Uh, relegations. And so that's what they're trying to, they're, that's what their ultimate goal is to kind of grow uh, into that kind of league where um, teams can go up and down. And obviously the whole goal is to be at the top. Um, as of their structure and how um, the season goes is the, who's ever in the top basically gets into um, a national tournament, which obviously is to, to win the, the UPSL trophy. Um, and they do it every season. They do fall, winter, spring, and uh, summer. Um, so right now we're going into the summer uh, season. And um, yeah, so in other words, we, we I think they divide into four sectors, south, north, uh, west, and east, I think. And then uh, out of those four, uh, they face in the finals and then see who wins pretty much. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what their ultimate goal is to basically kind of I- integrate that English league kind of like relegation structure that I know a lot of people here kind of like, why, why don't we do this over here in MLS? You know, why don't we do it with, uh, you know, that's how he, that's how players come like Jamie Vardy and all these other players like build up and, you know, they explode and they make a difference because um, I don't know a lot of players, you know, don't go college route. You know, a lot of players go straight into soccer and there's no Avenue. So that's what they have the structure in, in order to help people like that. Still, build off what Randy said as well. Um, Orlando City from MLS and Houston Dynamo have just actually um, put in their two te- their youth squad in the UPSL. So we have MLS clubs in the U- in the UPSL this season. So it's starting to grow and start to become more popular, uh, making it more competitive. Um, and then there is actually a US Open Cup where they take uh, 30 UPSL teams into there and you can play against professional teams, obviously. So it's a really good opportunity for a lot of guys to, you know, showcase their skills because there are scouts. A lot of scouts go to those those games, and many of the, this is a good opportunity for many of the guys to actually get the opportunity to play professional. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard more about that, the Open Cup, uh, mm-hmm. doing some research about the UPSL. It sounds very much like the FA Cup where yeah. you've got yeah. these, you know, in England where you've got these teams that are very low, low tier, you know, and but they can if you know if they win enough games they could be playing against uh, 
the big, the top clubs, which is pretty exciting. So is, yeah. I, I, is that, that's going to be a big goal, right? For you guys, you know, to make the oh. cup, I, I imagine. And now can you make it this spring or do you have to, do you have to play a bit? You have to be uh, more established in, into the league. I think it's uh 10, 10 season games minimum. I think that's at least of standard. And I think maybe a couple other things that I probably don't know at the top of my head, but yeah, pretty much yeah. that. That would be awesome to, 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 you know, to, to compete against all those, all those quality teams. That'd be, yeah. Yeah. that would be The main thing is now, Jason's just got to keep us on that undefeated streak and we'll be playing the MLS teams. In <laughs> yeah. That's the dream. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. <laughs> so for your, for your matches that you'll be playing, you know, starting May 1st, I know you've got your game in Burnsville. That's, that's your home field. Are, are the other teams, I did take a look, most of them are in Minnesota. Are there some Dakota teams as well that you guys could be playing? So right now we do have a team in South Dakota. Um, I think they're called the Dakota Youngstones. Yeah, Dakota Youngstones. Yeah, they're, they're located in South Dakota. Um, I know possibly next year we might have a couple teams from Wisconsin join. Iowa. And in Iowa as well. so, technically our conference at the moment. But that's, uh, that's why we're going to have another division possibly next year that would grow this league what would you say is the role of social media in growing a club like this that's not at the mls level it might not have the notoriety but it is a growing club you're obviously doing a lot of great things how does social media play a role in doing that well definitely for us as a new team going into the upsl um, we really want to have more engagement and also increase our following just to have people, you know, interact with us and join and support our club and just coming to the season, um, being really enthusiastic. So, I mean, we really want, that's our main goal right now. So that's really going to help us progress and advance to higher level. I feel like we have like a really cool niche market. I mean, like you, you look at Minnesota United as the dark clouds. We have our own fan base and they, they need a platform to be able to, you know, uh, connect with the team and be able to follow things. So social media is a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. We were looking at your your Facebook um, page for the for the Inter Minneapolis FC team, and the graphics were great. Love the Earth Day graphic. Um, I know that as a, as a podcast, we we dabble with our visuals on social media, and and myself, I'm very you know it's not my strong suit. I know it's very hard, but uh, yeah, great graphics that. They were really nice to see, and you guys have have a good amount of followers uh, on on Facebook already. So that's yeah, awesome. Just like I think two months ago. So <laughs> you guys are picking up steam. Let's go. That's great. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the the buildup of the team, where it started, now where it is today. Big game, season opener, May first. What's uh? Is there any are any secrets you can tell us right now about the season opener? Is it you guys got your your strategy set? Everything's everything's ready, or uh, you guys keeping it close to the chest for you know we don't want the opponents to hear it. Yeah, we hope our t-shirt cannon can arrive on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear much people to another team, you know, because I'm like well, new team. Yeah, I feel like a lot of team doesn't know uh, doesn't know us that well. So we kind of like to keep it like in the dark for, you know, for them to keep on guessing. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> give like a little surprise, yeah. you know what I mean? There's some doubts coming in. So that, that's what I'm liking. Like people are, people are really watching our team. They're really keeping tracks on our team. So I, I know we're drawing some attention. So running a, a hashtag 
uh, the past couple months, honestly. And it's uh, Inter is coming. That's how we've been rolling it. So yep. that's how we're keeping it this season. You know, we're just going to keep it that Inter is coming. So, um, yeah, that's we're excited with that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've been seeing that around. The Inter is coming. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I saw. So you guys had a couple exhibition games, uh, one, one, and one. How did how'd you guys think? You guys feeling feeling pretty good after those games? The a lot of goals, which I love to see. Um, and you guys tied your first one, uh, won the won the second, and, and lost the the other one. How did how'd those go? How do you guys how'd you guys feel during those matches? Um, good to test the waters. It's good to get out, get some preseason games going. Um, we're feeling really confident, even. You know, we're, we're kind of craving some of those rematches on those preseason games, you know, with our full squads. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we even tested the markets, you know, down south in Dallas. And we're, we're just trying to start our season on a strong foot here uh, this upcoming Saturday against Rochester. What are the conversations like about uh, formations, team structure, how involved are you versus the coach? You know, how do you work with the coach being the owners? thinking about club direction, now bringing in this coach that's obviously one at the level, how involved are you still in the soccer decisions, would you say? Um, I work, so I'm, I'm kind of the main one that works closely with Jason on that. Um, specifically, um, he always looks for a second opinion. You know, sometimes he can see something. And then me and Sonny, for example, we always point out something else. And yeah. so we kind of work together with him and help him decide what's best for the team. Yeah. And it's it's been going really good, you know, like, we pulled off a good uh, our eighteen our eighteen roster for this Saturday, so we have a big squad. You know, we have almost forty guys in the team. And we unfortunately we can only take eighteen, but luckily we have that second team to give um, opportunity to the other guys to play. You know, so that's in we have that competitiveness. So everyone's competing for that eighteen spots, mm-hmm. so that kind of keeps it really intriguing to the team. Yeah, and that's like that's like kind of where I come in. I'm gonna be in charge of the second team, so kind of having like the third opinion to AJ and Jason. Just to say, like, what you're saying, hey, we have guys that's, like, other younger guy that's developing that we want to bring up to UPSL potentially in the future. And this league is really good. We're actually playing Division One. Uh, we got promoted from Division Two to Division One before COVID. Thanks to IC. Yeah, thanks to, you know, this man. IC, we just scored last couple of Top corner. One goal, yes, yes. All experience with us. You know, we would love to hear it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time with the team. I, I had nothing bad to say about the team. We, we were Division Two, so you guys are, are way ahead of me in Division One now. I I couldn't keep up. I'm telling you. Oh uh, man, you, no, you, you were you were killing out there, man. You were like icy out there. Yes, ice in the veins. Um, so it's great that wow, I can realize you had 40 players. So that's 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 awesome to hear. In case you know you know knock on wood, but injuries injuries happen during the season, so you you have a big big pool of players to pull from. Now, do you, do you foresee a lot of players moving between both teams or is it, is it more or less you've got a good solid 11, 14 players that'll be, you know, playing a lot and uh, mostly just. I think we have a solid good 15 players, I'd say roughly that would stay, but you know, anything could happen with injury, like you said, but um, what, what it is, you know, like if one person does really well in these Monday night games for the Sunny's team um, and Jason's there watching them play, you know, and he's he's gonna be like, oh, you know, you're performing. Exactly. I'm gonna he's gonna reward them with a promotion to play on the first team. Yeah. So it's kind of like you work your way up and keep competing with each other. Everyone's got to earn their spot. You know, there's no favorites. There's no. Yeah. It's it's literally it's all about commitment and skill and 
dedication yeah, to the team. It, it just gives everybody the opportunity to actually yeah. have a way of like a system of moving up and down. Yeah. And it just a lot of this is based on performance and commitment and how they are as a person and the way they work with other teams. And what's best for the team performing wise going forwards. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, an ideal way to to run the teams um, where nothing you know can't let the players get complacent. I know if I yeah. if I were ever a coach, that'd be one of the things that I would I would not want to have have happen and make sure that everyone's competing, training, and and throughout. So sounds like a recipe for success. Now speaking of success in the future, so I know we touched on it a little bit with you know you want to compete for the U.S. Cup, uh, you know. The dream to play against some of these MLS clubs is amazing. Is there, is there also in the future perhaps a jump from UPSL? Is there a level above that you would pursue? You know, it might be early to think about that now, but in the, in the coming years, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of options for you know a club with the, the momentum we've got. I, but I mean, you know, I think part of it will be balancing you know the growth of the UPSL. And then the growth of our club, I mean, if we if we kind of we have options of going like USL2, USL1. Um, but I mean, we honestly believe that UPSL is growing at, you know, at a pretty extraordinary rate as well. We, we really believe what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, I think we're going to have involvement at the UPSL level, no matter how big we get, even when we're at the MLS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's too so yeah i mean we we're dreamers i mean me and randy like you know we talk all the time about you know you know how many years ago premier league was just you know starting off we're, we're 70 years here in the u.s behind the you know english leagues and you know being a part of that growth is is pretty dang exciting yeah I almost said a different word. I'm sorry. Uh, I caught myself. It's all fair game. It's all fair game on the pod. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. What Jeremy said. Yeah, it's true. Just like you know, we're we are at a point in the United States with with soccer that we're a little behind. You know, but we're going at a different rate than what England went through. You know, you never know. In the next 25 years, we've probably got players that are you know at the same level as some of these Spanish, French teams these German teams, like it, it's going to take time and it's time to build. And this is, we're part of that process. And I, I, just like these other teams, like Vlora FC, Minneapolis city, um, uh, Granite city, all, all these teams that are growing up. So, and even Rochester as well. So it's like, it, it, it's all, we're all part of it. And this is uh super important that uh, we're helping the soccer community grow. Um, I know with Maria, she's been doing a good job at like posting stuff um, for like, like holidays and like all these other events that goes on and just kind of getting the soccer community together. So it's important. This has been great. Really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I'll, I'll open it up. You guys have any final words for, for the podcast listeners? I mean, inter is coming. So <laughs> be ready, get excited. I mean, hopefully you guys can make it out to the game. I, you know, this upcoming Saturday, May 1st at Burnsville high school, Oh, we're going to live stream our game on Mike Hujo. Um, yeah, we're excited to, you know, get this season going. It's been a long, hard work, and it's finally, you know, starting to happen. You know, the season's starting, so looking forward to it. Now we're going to get into some of these big topics from around the soccer world. Some you might be thinking about, some you might not. Fire through these. Where do you want to start? Should we start with... 
Barcelona potentially choking? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Should we start with the Premier League sitch and the Man U Liverpool action or non-action from the game today? Should we start with NWSL Women's Champions League? Caden Clark versus Cade Cowell. Mm. Where should we start? Battle the K kids. How about we do? Uh, how about we kick off with what happened this morning? Because that ruined my morning. That was the United Liverpool game that was scheduled for 10:30 Central. That uh, was postponed after fans had stormed Old Trafford and were running amok, dancing around, kicking balls around, climbing on the goals. Uh, it was a big, big deal. They even were preventing the teams from leaving from the Lowry Hotel, where they stay before the game. It was a, um, a no bueno kind of morning. Uh, it makes you wonder uh, if ownership is going to have to respond to this. But what it's also, and I think everyone listening to this pod is thinking about it also means that you may have had probably four guys in your fantasy team who just now are going to miss a week. Maybe they'll play twice another week. Maybe they'll maybe they'll come back. But in they the have interim, to, right? They have to. You make would it, hope. make it up at some point. You would hope. In which case, maybe you can triple captain them. Hmm, that's good to know. I just now I'm talking out loud. That's great to know. So now you're okay with everything. That Actually, just it might be fine. <laughs> this might be fine. <laughs> it was pretty nuts seeing fans on the pitch. Of course, you expected the signage. You expected potentially flares, more dramatic scenes than usual with fans back in the stadium. But to see completely pre-match when players hadn't even left their hotels yet, to see fans have broken in then, essentially gotten past guards, gotten the field to protest, it was different than anything we've seen that I can remember in soccer of recent times. Because we've seen protests in the stands, you see massive banners, planes flying messages overhead, furious fans outside of the the stadiums afterwards but to see fans on the stadiums before the game has started mm-hmm. making their point was totally unique and shocking in some ways it makes you wonder you know i'm not one to think this i'm just i'm just regurgitating what i've seen out in the zeitgeist right because i keep my finger on the pulse is um it makes you wonder like who are the most passionate fans like in the premier league like who are the ones that really just care the most about their team like it just like really are there and gosh you like i can't think of any other fans who broke into their stadiums this past week Mm -hmm. past couple weeks you know um and i don't know if that's a that's a that's because they're that big of fans or the security is that lax you can can make an argument either way you can make an (laughs) argument either way you go both ways but uh just leaving that out there i just don't think any city fans broke into the etihad that's all I'm saying. Just saying. That's all I'm Just saying. Just saying. It's two teams headed in pretty opposite directions. Man U turn around very specifically in their Europa League game, which I didn't even have on our list of topics, but <laughs> right, so happens. much going on. That happens. 6-2, first leg against Roma. Pretty crazy. Uh, and obviously sitting pretty in the second spot in the Premier League, looking like they've basically guaranteed a Champions League spot, top four. Mm-hmm. Liverpool have fallen out and fallen back. That being said, they did win three of their last five, but they've drawn the last two. Mm. And this is the time of year where you need three points most games to compete against the other five-ish teams Mm -hmm. fighting for those third and fourth Champions League spots, which Mm -hmm. is what they're going for, a club of Liverpool's caliber. Mm -hmm. We don't have Icy here to get his Liverpool take. I'm sure he'd be sad. He might not even want to talk about it anyways, which I get. 
do you think Liverpool has what it takes and they will find it within them to get that fourth Champions League spot in the remainder of the season? They're right now sitting on 54 points for all you listeners. They need to get to at least 61 points. So they're seven points back with a game in hand on Chelsea, the current fourth place team. It's it's looking like that's potentially, yeah. That's well, okay. So they have a game in hand, so they could potentially be only okay, could, could be five. four back. Four, is four that back. Four? If they Thank win, you, seven, okay. they would be four back. That's excluding all the other teams they could potentially have to jump. The if I'm a Liverpool fan, I think I'm feeling very bullish about Europa League, no doubt. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the strength of their schedule for the last few games is pretty light. Um, according to fantasy, I think it's like a lot of twos out there. If you're uh, if you're one of green twos, um, so I'm feeling good about that. Top four is looking like that's that's out of out of shape, mainly because Leicester's been on a tear, um, and Chelsea's also just hitting their their stride now. So um, not not feeling too good. If anything, I th- it would be interesting to see Tottenham fans and how they're they're squirming around. Um, do I think West Ham? Do you think West Ham has a chance of of catching um, Chelsea or with? Uh, I guess they also have. They'll be three points behind if they get a win. I think they do. I think they have a much better chance than Liverpool. Looking at the schedules, which is a good point you just brought up. West Ham has Burnley, Everton, Brighton, West Brom, and Southampton. Mm-hmm. A lot of winnable games. Mm-hmm. Both Liverpool and Leicester actually. Uh, Liverpool, sorry. Liverpool has an easier schedule, but don't have as many points right now as West Ham. And Leicester actually has a very difficult schedule. They have, after Newcastle, which they should win, they have Man U, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Dang. And therefore, Chelsea, mm. also in the mix, has Man City, Arsenal, Leicester, Aston Villa. Mm. So a lot of these teams playing each other in these last couple of weeks. It's going to be pretty intense, meaningful matches all across the board. It's, uh, it's in these moments that I am appreciative of having a team that's not really in that uh, tense of a spot. It makes me feel a little more comfortable. And you can enjoy these games now. That'll be, it'll be fun to see what's, what's floating around. Um, is the bottom three settled? Is that uh yeah, okay, Lip Fulham's not catching Newcastle, are they? No, okay. Pretty settled. That's, that's done so. That's a shame. That's a shame. Teams, okay. teams popping right back up, though. Norwich and Watford from last season. I don't, the third hasn't been established yet. Need to wait for the championship playoff, but sad to see any of these go. Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield. I Out think of the three, any any one you'll miss most? Uh being being raised in the um to you know, introduced to the to the Premier League in the mid two thousands, um, there's a special place in my heart for Fulham, uh, especially with, with the old Dempsey, Dempsey. days yep. and um I think uh, we had a little what, Altador or um, Eddie Johnson back in the day too, so it's a, it's a special club. I hope that they come right back up. Um, oh, Sheffield just went down. Um, West Brom, West Brom, I've never really had a thing for, so I'm okay with that. And Sheffield, they did they did their thing. It would have been nice to keep them up. I would have enjoyed that, but they don't have the equity for me that uh, that Fulham does. Shows you just how hard it is for a mid to bottom level side to even be consistent. Because Sheffield had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. They finished in whatever, 7th, 8th, ninth. Maybe they, they dipped a little, but they were in the mix all year. This year, easy 20 spot. Yep. Just drop the ball heavy. Yep. Winning five games, yeah, negative 39 goal difference. That's tough. 
and and you you can you can only blame having certain injuries for for so much. I think there's obviously some other systemic stuff going on with the club where they are where they are, um, and hopefully they come back. Would enjoy would enjoy seeing them back. List your top four in order, and then we'll keep rolling onto other topics. Uh, we're gonna finish Man City, Man United, um, Chelsea. I mean, I'm probably gonna go Leicester, but. I would love to see West Ham. I would love to see West Ham in that four spot. Wow. All right. I'll go Man City, Man U, Leicester, Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Another potential choke, if it happens. If Leicester or Chelsea falls at this point, I think it would be labeled a choke because they're up by so much. Moving over to Spain, Barcelona had a chance to go top of the league, if I'm not mistaken, before today. And... In their previous game, they played Granada, who sit in eighth. They are not bottom of the table, but it's Granada, and it's Barcelona. And Barcelona went up 1-0 on a Lionel Messi goal. Of course, Messi's still at the heart of things, as much as we've talked about him. Is he leaving? Is he going? Is he old? He is all those things, at least one of the first two and old. But he's still scoring all of their goals. So they go up 1-0, and then they lose 2-1 to Granada keeping them in third place in the league. Can Messi do it all himself? Or is he, is he going to get any flippin' help? Huh? That's my question to you. He, I mean, I'll, I'll keep on preaching from my little stool, my little my little pulpit, but um, he, 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 it's nice for him, it's poetic for him to stay at Barcelona for as long as he can stay, but um, I really do think once he leaves, I mean, Barca can start to heal. Um, they, need, they, need to, they need to heal. Um, and maybe not winning anything this year could could do that. Um, maybe forcing them to reconcile with just how crummy things are. Um, regardless, you know the season's not over. Uh, you know if they get one win, uh, they are then tied for second and two points back of, of first place. Um, things are exciting. That's kind of all we can really ask for in the league. It's not just a two horse race anymore. We've fortunately got Atletico up there and. Um, that's exciting. That's exciting. I think it's better for football. It's better for the league if you have a little bit more of an equitable share um, at the top. Um, Granada did play Man United in the Europa League, and United did beat them. So I think <laughs> by the transitive property, United is indeed better than Barcelona. But that's not saying much, is it? People online were trying to make the connection between neither Dest nor Conrad de la Fuente playing against Granada. Of course, Barcelona are going to struggle mm-hmm. without these two young studs, you yep. know? Yep. Two potentially best players in the world. Right. It's it's not even potential. It's like they're in the mix, are they not? Um, U.S. men's national team. Kind of exciting stuff, huh? We got, a, we got some players out there. Um, is it true that American national team players are now carrying teams to European glory? Look at Zach Steffen holding up the Carabao Cup. You've got Pulisic, if they can get past Madrid in the next leg, which we'll talk about in a couple of seconds, minutes. You've got, um, you know, other trophies that people are holding up. Yeah. What else? I think Barnsley, different from a trophy, but I think Barnsley, uh, where Daryl DK has gone off and been incredible for them i'm pretty sure they're in the mix for this uh 
the sixth, you know, the third promotion slot. They are. It looks like they're in sixth place, so they should make it into the playoffs. There's a nice gap between them and the seventh place team. So he would have a chance to shine in those promotion playoffs, which would be kind of legendary if he can put the team on his back. Yes. Like, I, mean, I mean, he'd be a cult. He's already kind of cult hero, yeah. hero isn't he? Um, but if he could actually do that, how, how far are they? Did you say how many points? They're eight points above the seventh place team with okay. like three games left. So okay. they're in that. They're in it. That's great. They're in it. Yeah, check out his social media game, DKs, if you haven't already. Pretty funny on the TikTok and the Instagram. Top quality stuff. NWSL Challenge Cup. Uh, the Portland Thorns are going to make it from their division because it's just the first place team from Group A and Group B that will meet in the finals after they've each played four matches. The Thorns mathematically have made it to the final match, so they will be playing the winner of Group A, either Gotham FC or the North Carolina Courage. It appears after the game today with a draw, Gotham FC, the Sky Blue rebrand, the New York studs, cool jerseys, cool name, even better play. They will be taking on the Thorns in the finals. So that's actually a really exciting game for a tournament that I think we've caught maybe one or two games here or there, but have been watching a lot of the highlights. And Portland has looked unbelievable with Lindsey Horan in the middle, who has been great for a long time. And finally, all their pieces are playing together is what it is with Horan, Sinclair, Simone Charlie up top, uh, very strong defense and keeper in Franch. So they're going to give Gotham a run for their money. I think that the Thorns have to be the favorites in the finals. Nice. Um, would you rather have a Thorns jersey or a Gotham FC jersey? Gotham. Okay. The Thorns jerseys are cool, though. I don't want to throw too much flack on the Thorns jerseys as we, we look up the visual comparison. They're very cool black and, and red that works off each other well. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely a, a jersey game for the ages in addition to strong play on both sides of the ball. Women's Champions League, staying in the women's game, other big competitions, Barcelona versus Chelsea in the finals. We watched some of their highlights today in their semifinal matchups. What do you think about either Barcelona or Chelsea? I mean, both exciting teams. I feel like um, I've seen more highlights of the Chelsea team more recently. And so, because keeping up with um, uh, Pernil Harder and, and, and Sam Kerr and just kind of following those um, those women around, they they seem like a good, dangerous team. You got Kirby, obviously, a stud. Um, this Barcelona team, I just wonder how much of the uh, uh, tiki-taka, you know, Barcelona culture that they are really able to impose on other teams. Because when it's done at its best, it's suffocating. You can't escape it. United's had a couple Champions League finals and where they've just been completely put out by, by a Barcelona team playing their way. So... We'll see who's who's able to do what, but I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, um, also looking at a thing right now, a little research right now, um, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Chelsea Chelsea's not going to win the the, the league as the well domestically, right? They were at the top recently. Let's take a look. What are the latest Women's Super League standings look like? They're they're one point behind Man City, but they have a game in hand. That would be really cool if they were able to pull a double. Epic this is, double. This is their first? I think that what they were saying today is it was their first. It's their first Champions League final, which is super exciting. I think it's also super exciting that Lyon's not in the final or or in the semifinals. Um, a team that's been so dominant. It's always refreshing when you have some some newbies in the mix. 
Um, is it really a newbie? If it's you know it's a club like Chelsea, no. But still, very cool, very exciting. My money's on Chelsea just because I have more exposure to them. How about you? Like that? Yeah, I, it's just great that it seems like a direct result of the women's game putting more money into their clubs yes. and and big clubs like a Chelsea. Again, not that they have been so different in the past, but Barcelona, especially on the women's side, the Real Madrid women's side team, clubs finally investing more, obviously not the same, in their women's teams. And then you see huge matchups like these. Teams getting further and further, not one team dominating every year, which gets boring and should bring in more viewers of all these clubs to the women's game. So can only be a net positive. I'll go with Chelsea with you as well. What about on the, the men's side? Can Chelsea match their their women's team's prowess can they take down real madrid in the second leg after a 1-1 first leg tie you know the difference maker for me might be the former chelsea player eden hazard who this weekend looks a lot more revitalized in domestic play looked really good and if he's able to hit his stride which would be almost out of the blue but if he were to hit his stride in a champions league semifinal I would be worried as a Chelsea fan. That said, Hazard's the only real curveball I think that Real has to throw in the mix. And if they can't do that and they stumble or stutter to a 0-0 tie, well, Chelsea's done it. They've made it. Um, I think guys like Mount have established themselves as elite, elite players. Mount like, has been unreal. Unreal. Creating things, um, the work ethic. It's He's played so many games, and yet he's he's just getting better. He's getting better. He's not, it doesn't look like he's worn out. Um, and then you have guys like Pulisic out there who, who are putting it together. It makes you a little worried what this Chelsea team could look like if the guys like Werner and Havertz um, and Ziyech all could actually hit their stride too. Um, so we'll see what team shows up at Stamford Bridge this, uh, this upcoming week, but I'm feeling, it, I, I got to say, it's feeling good for a home match for, for Chelsea to pull it out. With how good Havertz has been, I mean, Pulisic has been so good as well. So good. They're both so dynamic. I was going to ask which you start. If they went the same formation as the first leg, they played a 3-5-2, mm-hmm. and they had their outside backs play those wing-back roles with Chilwell and Espilicueta, Warner up top with Pulisic. I believe Havertz must have come on, right? Yeah, Havertz came on. Do you start him? He's been so hot. Can you start him over Pulisic? Can, do you have to find a way to fit both in the lineup with how good they've been and Mount? I think you give the love to, to Pulisic. I think um, Havertz's brace this uh, the other day was was kind of a, a, a result of playing a, a team that just wasn't uh, as capable, and um, he was clearly he's class. I don't know if the, the team cohesively works well with him in the mix yet. Um, so... You know, if it ain't broke, no need to fix it. I think give the American the nod, um, let him work his his wiggly magic, and and maybe um, take them to some European glory. I was enjoying Men in Blazers the other day. They were saying it took um, once Pulis had scored in the semifinal. Raj was thinking to himself, "Oh, it's been since the founding of Pennsylvania. You know, it's been two hundred something years, <laughs> x amount of months, and this many days since a, a, a son, native son of Pennsylvania, scored a goal in the Champions League semifinal. What a glorious <laughs> feeling!" Like, yeah. This is why they signed the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> right. so that one day, right. 250 years from then, right. a Pennsylvanian-born lad could score in the Champions League semifinal. Absolutely. And it happened. Speaking of other lads, Phil Foden didn't score, 
had an impact. I was surprised to see him starting for Man City in their their first leg matchup. Uh, but De Bruyne, a bit more experienced, a bit more established as world class at mm-hmm. this point in their careers. He scored. Mares scored on a wacky free kick. Little speaking of wiggly magic, yep. that was the definition of Mares's free kick. It was. Uh, perhaps PSG's wall at fault, and they're down two one heading into the second leg. Neymar and Mbappe have to be a bit nervous. Yes. They're, they're a little nervous. I think um, another fun stat from that game was that it's the first Champions League match Mbappe's played in where he didn't register a shot on goal, um, or it may have been just a shot, period. That definitely psychologically got to be, you know, egging him on to do something a little bit greater in this next game. Will he be able to? Was he just shut down by a well-designed Ruben Diaz-oriented defense? Who knows? Um, but we're poised for what could be a really exciting second match, especially if PSG's going after City. Um, two heavyweights swinging, swinging away. You just hope City doesn't score first, or I can see the game getting out of hand very quickly. PSG is the type of team where if they go down, I don't trust them to be resilient because they have such individual, strong personalities. They're not a team that feels like would fight back together. That's a great point. They're not a... Um... What's a good example? They're not like a Man United. I don't know. Just making this stuff up top of top of my head. A team that has, you know, accumulated like twenty eight points from true behind fair fair, fair example so there. Like there's yeah. a you know a good example of like what the preeminent kind of team looks like. Mbappe's played so many games on the big stage, even World Cup finals, and shown that I don't think it's a, a stage, a presence thing, a nerves thing. I think that's just credit to Man City's prep and yes they gave up the first goal they got a red card PSG got a red card but Man City had scored both both of their goals before then I think it's just a prep thing like I think that's where Pep's experience his knowledge of the game comes into play and recognizing look the way to stop PSG is shut down Mbappe yeah because Neymar had some chances they obviously he's the other biggest threat you're you're paying attention to your game planning for but I think you'd rather let Neymar go one-on-one at guys. You'd rather let him go wild and have someone marking slash the team built around defending Mbappe. Yes. Um, and frankly, PSG, the first half PSG um, was so dominant, so impressive. I worry that they won't be able to replicate that again. Um, it, it felt like it was, it was City walking into PSG's home fort and everything was going their way. I don't think that's going to happen at the Etihad. I don't think that PSG, unless they're able to get on the board early, um, are going to be able to pull this one out. But nonetheless, should be exciting, should be dramatic. Champions League is delivering. I'm excited. Who's gone through? Chelsea, Madrid, who goes through? Man City, PSG, who goes through? Uh, I, I'm going to have to say... Uh, it's a it's a battle of coaches. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Real versus City. I think you're gonna get you're gonna get Pep getting his revenge on Real, um, and um, and doing what City's been wanting for the longest time. City Madrid would be an epic final. I'll go Premier League final. I agree. City. I'll take Chelsea. They've looked very hot. Things are coming together at the right time for them. Okay. Either way, very exciting semifinals to stay tuned to this week. A uh, couple more quick pieces. This one, back to the MLS. Caden Clark 
youngster on the New York Red Bulls versus Cade Cowell, youngster on the San Jose Earthquakes. Which one is it for you? Honestly, like off the bat, you'd have to say, I'd hope, Caden Clark, just because he's had a few more games and proven himself over a a decent longer amount of time. But Cade Cowell, like kid looks like a stud. Kid looks flashy. Kid looks like the type of dude that we would make up in in my career mode or whatever (laughs) um, for your own little personal profile. He's a all-around golden child boy, man-child. Give me, give me Cade Cowell. Apply it to the veins. Great segment. Last piece we want to touch <laughs> on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. For the bat, and the, as far as the battle of Cade versus Caden, the battle of the cadence or the N. Uh, Cade Cowell, he's great off the ball. Watching some earthquake highlights, he's not just a a scorer. He'll get you a goal and doesn't work. He was swinging in beautiful balls, finding space well. I think they're both going to be studs. Mm-hmm. They both already are, mm-hmm. but they both could be big names either in the MLS or if they get transferred abroad. So a couple of, couple of youngsters to pay attention to, and Jones likes Cade Cowell, so you should too. Lastly, sort of fitting for this last quick bit, quick topic before we head into the Inter-MPLS discussion, is Inter-Milan celebrating on the team bus before they've actually won the title technically even though it's like 99.9% wrapped up is that a sin to you it's 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 borderline yeah i think buying champagne i think having any of that kind of stuff waiting in a room somewhere else that's always bad juju big time but this one feels pretty pretty locked up you look at their remaining schedule you you look at everything going on they they would have to do some really special slip-up stuff to make it not happen. So I'm going to let it happen. I, I also think it's been literally like a decade since another team has, has won. So they're allowed to prematurely get a little excited. Um, I, how about you? What, what's the baseball? I feel like there's some some decent uh I'm trying to think of the best, most, most recent example when a team choked away a big lead. It might have been the Cubs-Indians World Series when the in, the Cubs were yeah one of the teams was up in the series and it looked like it was over ninth inning they they show them setting up the the champagne in the back room and then they had to take it away which just sucks you don't want to be there you don't no. want to be one the person that sets it up and two the person that told that other person to go set it up you hate to you be just that look person. like a fool you hate to you hate to be the um potentially the player who walks into the locker room with all that the you know the big um tape and um all the all the protective you know um yep. saran wrap looking stuff that the tarps they've got up and you're like <laughs> like you have to brush that away to get to your locker and that was just supposed to initially protect the irony the irony don't don't do that don't do that but except inter- except if it's been a 10-year drought then yes. you're in the clear says jones yes facts we're gonna get right into the interview if you listen this far, thanks for hearing us banter. We miss Icy today, and good thing he plays a key role in this interview. So you might recognize a familiar voice chatting with Inter MPLS, one of the newer teams in the United Premier Soccer League. Enjoy. Big thanks again to Inter MPLS. Interesting hearing from all of the many voices there. They also squeezed on a screen, so check out our social media to see just how many faces and voices were part of that interview. Thanks to Randy, AJ, 
Sunilar, Jeremy, and communication social media director, Maria. With that, the big news is Max got a new job. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>